Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 23rd, 2014. Sorry for the long hiatus, but I've been very busy. This has been the worst winter, the worst winter I've experienced here in Canada. And some of the old timers in the area say that it's the worst one they've seen since the 60s. It was fairly normal, this weather, lots and lots of snow, very low sub-zero temperatures in the winter. And uh, it's back again for a little while at least. But this year has been incredibly uh, cold, uh, way too much snow. And if I was doing the shows every night, in fact, uh, I could I couldn't have done it all because there was so much shoveling, daily shoveling. It's still going on, by the way. And um, incredible amounts of snow and drifts and storms blowing snow, whiteouts, that kind of thing. And sometimes down to minus 35, 40 uh, centigrade at night, 42 actually, minus 42. So this has been the kind of weather I've been putting up with. And if I was doing the show at the same time, I, there's no way I could have done it all. Uh, it's bad enough just clearing the, the road. This isn't just a pathway I have out to a main road. I've got a few hundred feet to shovel, including over a railroad track. So it's a lot of work and it's a full-time job. So rather than have a break this winter, as I hope, I've been working harder than ever, but it's been mainly manual labor and trying to keep warm in a system which is uh, uh, very, very cold. So I've been doing a lot of thinking naturally. I've, I've been working on different books and I've also been thinking about the format because I don't like to go along with mainstream and I even classify a lot of Patriot Radio as mainstream radio uh, today or TV. It's all the same thing with the same formats, the same scrolling uh, um, items beneath uh, who is talking on, on, on the screen, etc. It's all copied straight from mainstream because you're conditioned to watch mainstream. That, that's why it works. But everyone's really repeating the news. I've always said that. What I've done in the past is try to give you the news, tie it together with other articles to show you that, that things are really related. There's clusters of news items that all come from the same sources. Because information is the way that you your mind is formed, is informing, it's information, it forms your mind, your thoughts, your opinions. And of course, propaganda has always gone after uh, uh, news. Uh, therefore, whatever you give the public by a dominant minority, is what becomes the reality. They all chat about it, they give them emotive topics to fight about and argue about. But it's really irrelevant, that kind of thing. The rest of it is often done to prepare you for big changes which the elite have already planned. Now, it's been out in the open for well over a hundred years. There is an elite, for goodness sake. Uh, this democracy thing never really existed. It was a placebo. And uh, democracy now supposedly is, is rights for special interest groups or people on the fringes, as opposed to the big changes that affects the whole world and, and affects all of us individually as well, with the planned changes into austerity. Uh, expert management from birth to death, all of that kind of stuff, talked about a long, long time ago before we were born, and even into the 1800s, published in various articles by big combinations, as they called them, or cartels, special interest foundations that were set up. And I've gone through that in fairly good detail over the past years. 
and everything ties together. I often refer to H.G. Uh, Wells, who came up with the open conspiracy. In other words, there's always a conspiracy. History's full of conspiracies. That's where you got taught at school in Europe about the kings and queens that plotted to take over other countries, even their cousins' countries, and that was the standard thing, and, and you would be ordered off to war, and that was it. Uh, very simple stuff, but... Uh, Plotting always went on. That's why they had the gunpowder plot, a conspiracy, things like this. And um, different factions fighting for power, either religious, uh, political, often combined together type of thing. Because uh, you cannot separate, unfortunately, in Western cultures especially, you can't separate the economic factors from the, the religious factors to an extent. They all go together. One tells you to obey the system. And, and concentrate on the spiritual, which makes sense as well, because it's very, very true uh, that even in, in very old times, with dominant minorities, powerful, wealthy people, you always had the underdogs, which were often the many, as opposed to the minority, and it's never really been any different. The camouflage of the system has often changed because it prevents big revolutions. This is what they learned uh, in the Middle Ages, that they could, they could waylay or, or divert or even stop rebellions from forming if you, if you always pretended to give them a new system. But uh, I, even as a very young boy, it's interesting to see that others have even copied my, my bio in some senses. But it, it, when I was a wee boy, I, I, I just tried to figure all this out because looking around me, nothing made much sense as to why folk accepted the situations or the system they were living in, in poverty. And, and Britain back then was a fixed system. It was a fixed system where you had the same schooling system, basically, um, but there was one private, one public. Uh, and, and again, even to mislead the public across the world, they called the public schools in Britain public, but they're actually private. Uh, the other system is, career, is comprehensive, basically, for the general public. So two different systems, and one would go into the managerial class for the system from the private schools, and one went into uh, basically the labouring classes, mining, all that kind of thing. But most people in Britain back then were, were taught to be employees, uh, that was very rigorous through all the schools, employees, employees. Uh, it wasn't until you went to the private schools you found out they actually advocated the systems, uh, private businesses, and how to participate in them. So when you got higher and higher, and I realized that young, very young too, with a pretty well fixed income with uh, the experts once again, who take, uh, used to call it time and motion studies, where they go into factories and watch uh, how people would work, move this from, from this here to here, the time it took, that kind of thing. And, uh, and, and I know they have different names for it today, but it's basically the same kind of thing, the efficiency um, studies, etc., etc., where they try to match man with the machine, you see. Uh, machines were made to go faster and faster with technology, but man was expected to keep up too for big profits. And things really haven't really changed in extent. It's more competitive today, even in the private sectors or in big businesses or people who are employed in big businesses. Uh, there's always that competitiveness. There's less and less in bureaucracy, and that's why so many folk from the wealthy, uh, the middle classes, the wealthy middle classes go into it, often intergenerationally, because it's a great job. Um, the, the servants of the public always get more than the public as a paycheck and more perks, etc., and it's almost impossible to get fired. Uh, there's no high stress uh, and massive deadlines to meet, as you would think of them. 
and they keep the system going on behalf of the dominant minority. There's always a dominant minority. I, I laugh even watching uh, this whole f- nonsense on the, 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 the um, Trans-Pacific Partnership uh, deal that's going on right now. Uh, it takes a few days or a week for their photo ops and the three amigos again as they go to the next step from NAFTA into this, all the, the trans uh, partnerships of trading blocks. And this, was, this goes back to the 1800s, this plan. Well, Lord Milner and, and the groups who set up the idea for unified Europe, the Americas, and, and an eastern, far eastern Pacific Rim region as well. And they've followed this, this plan ever since. That's so well documented, it cannot be denied. Especially when the same organizations which morphed from the Milner, Cecil Rhodes Foundation, etc., and others being backing uh, fraternity, uh, they merged together into the Royal Institute for International Affairs. So they have the big economic boys at the top who own the world's money supply, and they also have uh, the top politicians uh, as members of the, the CFR in America and in its Royal Institute of International Affairs for Britain, and it's often CFR across the whole world for other countries as well. Some, once in a while they change their names when they're being talked about too much, uh, and, and people forget what it is. And one of the branches in Canada is CIGI, you know, so for, for, for global governance, basically. And they'll deny, of course, it would be a conspiracy because you, you can't find the data if you look for it. Therefore, it's out there. So they're very legalistic, in a sense, uh, if you ever question what they're up to, etc. at the top. Why are these things happening globally? Why are these resource wars going on? They're not for nations, by the way. Uh, the nations will pay for the wars, etc. But the, the money tends to go to... Um, the private international corporations who then uh, utilize it. They don't bring oil back to your countries. Uh, they're basically selling it across the whole world. And China is selling it to China even. So private business has always used nationhood and the nations for its own ends. Uh, collectively, we are the business. You understand? The big boys look at nations as a collective business. That's why you have cross-domestic product, for instance. You're all factored into it, the gross, gross domestic product. And, um, and nations are very profitable sometimes to buy over. We see that with the top boys like Soros and so on. Yet you have a few families at the top slushing around billions and billions of dollars every day on the stock market. And they can sink countries or raise them up at will. This is nothing new, actually. You'll see the same thing down through history as a dominant financial elite moved from country to country, raising up empires, using them, and then crashing them behind them as they all took the money out and left to the, to the next empire. And now you have the final empire, which is global, you see. Always been their goal. And they, I've mentioned before how they use all the parties, uh, they use all groups, working class, middle class, upper class, that you get used along the way. Uh, thinking you're going to bring in some utopia, and each one sees it from their own perspective. I've mentioned about the Club of Rome quite a few times, and how they said themselves how the new system would turn out to be a non-democratic authoritarian system. And luckily, many other hosts have picked that up, and they're running with it now and, and, and pushing it and getting the word out there. Because they said themselves there's too many conflicting, self-interested parties to have any uh, agenda which could go forward with any particular plan, even for the good of any particular country, nation, or region, etc. Too many. So, therefore, it's authoritarian. Now, getting back to the Trans Pacific Partnership, you have 
the Sherpas, I've mentioned, so I've done, if you go into the archives at cuttingthroughthematrix.com, you'll see that the Sherpas are sent out in advance by the, the involved countries. These are top-level ex-bureaucrats generally. Some are, are, have never been uh, really, they've worked with governments, but never been part of government, think tanks, etc. They're specialists in their area, and they're kind of like high-level diplomats who are unfettered by governmental restrictions, and they go across uh, the different nations that already come together and sign these pacts and treaties for integration uh, years in advance. And between every annual uh, signatory to this thing, where, where, they, where they integrate us even further, starting with the Free Trade Agreement for the American Union, then NAFTA, and now it's into the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, then uh, they do all the, the legwork and, and go back and forth with all the papers for drafting, for working out other details and go back and forward again and again and again. So when the, the three amigos meet, they simply go there for their photo ops, uh, for their little very superficial and often very misleading uh, press releases, and, and then they sign it. It's a done deal. It's a done deal before the, a year before they even come to sign it when the Sherpas are sent out. So you're living a, an agenda, and uh, it's interesting too to watch those at the, the top of the system, and 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 the ones beneath them, the the hard workers, the ones who run around, uh, getting paid awfully well, getting awful lot of perks and privileges that other people can't get, but living on blind faith that those above them know what they're doing. It's a, it's a, a religion, you might say, but self-interest definitely comes into it. Everyone likes a peer group. And the very ambitious types want to get into the upper peer group. That's what Julian Huxley talked about many years ago when he was up at UNESCO. He said that uh, it says many will think they deserve to come in and they have the right to come into this new order they're bringing in, this new system. And he was talking about a complete eugenical, scientifically led or run uh, system. And he said they'll be in for a great disappointment, many of them. That, these are the ones who, are, who see themselves in the middle and maybe even upper middle level, uh, and they're going to be denied entry into this, all the top uh, favors, perks, and so on. Uh, so I always was fascinated by uh, the dynamics of the group and how they're utilized, so perfectly understood by those who've been studying them for thousands of years, because archives with power are never thrown away. You never, you never throw away power. Uh, dominant elites always collect the histories and techniques of power down through the ages. It's just not taught at the average university, or even the better ones for that matter. It's higher than that. So you, you have, you have a, a terrific history of manipulation of uh, dominant minorities using all possible methods of controlling uh, the, the populaces and getting to, to work for them because, uh, and Marx was right on this, and I'm not, certainly not a Marxist, but um, Marx was right on the fact because it was, many people knew it before him, the, all the economists knew of his day, that we live in a parasitical system. And those who are the wealthiest uh, live off the people beneath them. Uh, the feudal system, uh, in a sense, is alive and well. Uh, we're all in, sir, sir, basically serving this, this system, and um, we have no say in the matter. Uh, the serfs didn't have the cash, so they, they lived on food and bartering, but the, the lords who owned the land took a big chunk of their, generally 40%, uh, in, a, in a time of non-intensive farming, they didn't have all the chemicals and so on, 
that, that they leave fields uh, fallow, etc., for a few years sometimes. And um, you find that uh, the, the greatest part of the produce was taken from them by the lords who would give it off to the guys who lent money to the, to, to the lords who loved, lived high in a hog. And the middlemen then who then owned the supply, a food supply, would often export it abroad, even in the Middle Ages. So everyone lives off the guy who produces from the bottom level, and that's just the way it is. And it's always been the way that those who manage those beneath them, uh, through law, basically, uh, and taxation, live far, far, in a, high, in a far, far higher standard than those who do the actual production and, and the physical labor, etc., in fact, it's frowned upon physical labor. Even kings and queens, uh, right down to some of the pharaohs, uh, um, despised those, the scribes, who did all the writing for them and sent their, 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 uh, their tablets off across the, to their empires and so on, because they were workers. Anyone who had to work had to learn things. And that, that also gave, gave rise to, to the literate class who became dominant because they keep the king in the dark. They could lie to the king, and the king wouldn't, wouldn't know any better. He was arrogant and silly, and you pamper him, and he was quite happy with you. Uh, so that did happen as well. So you had the rise of intelligentsia and brotherhoods forming, including the priesthoods of, the, of, of ancient Egypt. They were brotherhoods. So if you have a collective who have privileged positions, who live better than the peasantry that they're, they're lording over, uh, you always have brotherhoods and cartels, call them what you want. Today we have foundations and, and NGOs even um, working for what they think is the greater good, some of them. Other ones know darn well what it is. It's, the, it's a Bernard Shaw type of socialism, which again uh, Julian Huxley talked about too. Uh, you have to go to them to, to, to tell them why they should keep you alive. Uh, in, in this big system, uh, no dead weight, as they call it. And if you don't pull your weights and do the production for them, you simply won't live. That was also the basis, really, of the communist system. And communist system, they always boasted to the West there was no unemployment. Because if, if, so if you weren't employed, you simply didn't eat. There was no welfare for you. You had to serve the system. And it's amazing, too, to some people, that is, that when the Berlin Wall went down, it was all pre-planned long before that, uh, that, um, oh, thousands and thousands of multi-millionaires, some billionaires flooded out of the Soviet Union who are managing the whole system all along. So everything is a facade. Uh, academia, of course, is a big part of it because you always must bring in a new working middle class who work for the system, again, on blind faith and self-reward. Uh, and must believe to an extent on the nonsense that they're pushing. You'll find, too, that psychopaths have have an even better capacity to self-justify whatever they do. Even if they're caught in the act of something horrendous, they they will rationalize it in the most absurd way. Not to to, to make you believe them, but they must protect their own ego, because they will never see themselves as a bad person. And that's why horrors happen in the world over and over. People like to feel good about themselves, uh, and, and it's much better when you belong to a system which is pushing and changing, which is going to cause incredible fallout, and you can rationalize it, well, it's for the greater good and the long-term good, the end justifies the means, and so on, regardless of the casualties or, or even slaughters on the way.
That's what the wars are for resource wars. It's not for the nations who pay for all these wars and, and pick up the tab and supply uh, the cannon fodder. It's for the big corporations, international corporations, that get all the deals. Nothing new in it. There's nothing new at all. The British Empire built, uh, uh, the taxpayers built railroads all across India to unite India into a country, remember. And the big boys, even the Rothschilds had relatives. If you look through the lieutenant governors of India and so on, you find the Rothschilds, were, or some of them were the, and they, they were in charge of all the trade then, and the railroads, which were built for free, in, including the exports out of the country to, to these private businesses which they run. So everything uh, works causally for uh, the dominant minority because no one has ever figured out a new system uh, for finance. A long time ago, uh, when I was about 12, I think I read a science fiction book uh, where some people land on a planet, they crash there, they need some, some power thing to get off the planet again, so they went looking for local people, natives, and they couldn't figure out what these natives were saying because if they asked them for help in any way at all, the natives would say, what obs are there? In other words, what obligations do I have to help you? That was their commercial system. It was based on obligations, you see. Someone helped you, you're obliged to help them. But if, you, if, you, if someone hadn't helped you, you had no, no reason to help them, etc., etc. Well, that, that is the financial system, again, too. We live in a time, of course, for total control, uh, where experts are to run the world from, from everything that you need just to basically survive. International corporations... Uh, are buying up the world's fresh water supply, uh, the energy supply for other big corporations, uh, and, uh, and power, all the rest of it. Uh, food, of course, big cartel for food. And uh, they've got you where they want you then. You're, that's, you're back into complete serfdom. And even the produce that you make will be taken from you, and they'll make the profit off it, and they'll sell it back to you at an incredibly high price if you want to live in the system. So this is a control. Everything boils down to control. Now, what, what is true, as the Club of Rome said, about the conflicting parties, there's so many conflicting parties and competing parties today in self-interest groups, you couldn't have any, any particular democratic way of working through things and getting anything at all done. They do nothing but argue and demand as each group wants grants and benefits for themselves, always at the expense of someone else. And so they said they'd have a, an authoritarian system. Now, to get an authoritarian system through, apart from owning all the other things you need to, to live by and on, then they also, and resources, etc., they, they also want to um, train your children, which they've already done, and not to participate and even be aware or care what's happening around them not just in the world, but their own immediate environment. Uh, they're taught to be egocentric, uh, which they are. And again, I've gone through the history of the philosophers who said they would, and were given charge of bringing in this, cult, this new culture in the 60s and 50s and 40s. That's the 1940s. Uh, they were given charge of creating a new culture, separate, separating initially one generation from the parents, uh, which they did very successfully with through the 60s. And then the state would give them their new moralities, and and Russell, Bertrand Russell said, well, we'll make them egocentric and narcissistic. Well, we have all that today. So, in other words, they're not involved with, with what's happening around them. 
aren't really to others as long as they're okay. I'm all right, Jack. Everything's fine. And this is the dilemma we're in today, where we have the society taken down step by step in every particular area, into the family unit, everything that's alternative to the family had to be promoted. They said that back in the 1910. Here we are. Uh, and it's all been accomplished. All these things have been pretty well accomplished. The devaluation of life had to be done, according to Julian Huxley, too. Uh, that's been very successfully completed, starting with uh, supposedly emergency abortions and then rape abortions, too. And now it's just a commonplace. It's just a nuisance. So then they turn for the elderly, and oh, it's the cost of keeping care, taking care of the elderly is too much. In other words, we're completely looking at, we're being taught. We are being taught near the bottom level to look at life in an economic fashion, not in a human fashion, but purely on the basis of economics. Is it worthwhile keeping these people alive? What value do they have to the system? Because you see, today, and they've even trained the public in this term over the last 15, 20 years, we're all uh, human capital. We're capital. Human capital. What's your earning potential? What's your taxable uh, base going to be for the governments and so on? And all the, if even the corporations that get all the, the grants from the government, what value are to them? That, that's what you are. You're an economic unit, human capital. That's what human is now. So we're go- we've gone through a lot of the big changes. We've got more to come. Uh, the crashes that they had in 2008 across the world were planned that way. They knew it was coming years before that was all exposed, even in the mainstream press over the last few years. And the big boys lost nothing at all whatsoever. And, uh, but it's training us that we can't go on like this, you see. It's training, that's what it's for, too, to train us to get ready for managed changes where you've got to give up any last rights that you have for the, for the greater good, etc., into austerity, uh, communal living, communitarianism, the great society, as Cameron called it, all planned a long time ago. And this is the final merging of the more advanced form of where communism was supposed to go with capitalism, you see. And you'll be running on a socialistic basis, as I say, which is really communistic, collectivistic, uh, for the greater good. They'll still have the dominant minority taking care of uh, all the world's finances and the dishing out to countries of basically rationing the goods at very high prices. And you've got the scientific and academic group on board with them because Julian Huxley went through the, the system uh, in his talks and he said that he himself and his family lineage belonged to the scientific group, uh, not the, the high economic uh, uh, dominant minority, but the scientific dominant minority that helps create the new society through psychology, training, education, etc., etc. It's all been pretty well uh, done. And you don't have to simply get it all from, from, from uh, academia. The academia works with the culture creators that give you your entertainment, which is always pretty well weaponized. Lots of articles out, out about that over the years. One great one from the ones I think was in Argentina or Brazil, where they said that they were using soap operas to get cultural value changes, including abortion, things like that, through drama, you see. It works better than telling folk to do this or do that or don't do that. Drama's better. And Plato said the same thing. So nothing's new at all. There's nothing new under the sun. These techniques have always been used, including music, of course, because Plato talked about licensing musicians at the time and actors, etc., because they could have such a, a revolutionary effect on the youth 
in the wrong hands, in other words, by those who had an agenda. Well, of course, it's always been the same, of course. Anyway, that's a summary, basically, of, of what's been going on. And uh, there's no point panicking about it. You see, remember, too, that we're all studied minutely, individually, from birth to death, by the way, even before the times that you thought they had computers were being studied from school onwards. And uh, and now, of course, they have their rectifiers. I call them rectifiers, these advocates for children that the government appoints to every, every newborn in Scotland and England, different names for the same system, and other parts of Europe. Bringing, therefore, they can start testing babies, basically, from the age of two months uh, onwards, and the advocate, as that child grows up, will always go through uh, their development, uh, anything that needs tweaked or, or, or cut out of their way of thinking, has to be attended to, then they'll create their perfect society. In other words, total, complete scientific social engineering. And we call this the new freedom. So we know all this. And remember, too, that because we're studied minutely, and the crowd and, and, and the masses are studied minutely, you can't do anything this without understanding behaviorism and crowd dynamics and individual dynamics and group dynamics. Uh, then the the uh, like Cass Sunstein said, you know, even what seems to be the opposition, you can disarm, and actually you could use, you can use opposition, often willingly, <laughs> and sometimes unwillingly, uh, by giving them certain informations, uh, 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 encouraging them, apart from putting plants in amongst them, also encouraging them to 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 put high power, uh, fear mode uh, information, rapid knowing that uh, the average person can only handle maybe one or two crises at the same time, simultaneously. Any more than that, they, they break down. They become neurotic and break down. So information overload, especially in diverse topics, especially in topics where you have no control whatsoever, uh, will, will, is, is weaponized. It's weaponized information. I've always said that people must think for themselves. You've got to think for yourself. And you have a mind to use. You have your own world experiences to use. You will definitely be contaminated. That's a term that's used even by the communist system. Yuri Besmanov and, and other writers talked about the contamination uh, of their indoctrination. Uh, you will believe, especially through university and college, um, and all the social causes and global warming and anthropogenic global warming. It's man-made global warming. Too many people, too many of the wrong kind of people, as Bernard Shaw said. And you'll believe it all because it's presented with the omission of any other parts of any particular story. That's how you lie to people from the top, not by just basically lying, but by omission. And then you will be led to a conclusion that was pre-planned by those who gave you that limited, one-sided information. And yet they come out of college and university thinking they know all there is to know, taught by the best professors who are part of the act, of course. Because some of the top professors that teach all this stuff um, are members of the same organization, CFR, Royal of International Affairs, and various other names for the umbrella group. So they know what they're doing. And they, again, will say it's okay to deceive the people and the students for the greater good. They often say that man is a political animal, and technically it is true. 
And if you are, you can easily be used. Easily be used. And Besmanov said too, Yuri Besmanov, he said that the contamination uh, means their indoctrination has been so perfected uh, that it doesn't matter what you say to them, you're talking to a brick wall, basically. And the liberals, as they love to call them, I mean, Khrushchev called them that too. He says, in America, we don't call them communists, we call them liberals. But, but um, Besmanov said that you could take these people over to the Soviet Union when it was a Soviet Union. And if you took them to a prison camp in a gulag, they'd refuse to even see it, even the standing in front of the wire. And they wouldn't believe it until the boot hit them in, in the rear end and basically knocked them in. That's the perfection of indoctrination through idealism. Selected, very selective information brainwashed into them until, until they believe it all. Like a religion, fanatical religion. Again, against all odds. Because the Club of Rome, as I said, says there are too many conflicting parties. You could never have harmony on anything. And that's why Margaret Thatcher also said the same thing when she was in. When she re- actually, when she retired from so-called politics, she says, now I belong to basically a super elite of ex-heads of state who know each other and can work with the other ex and even previous generations uh, heads of state that are still alive to continue this agenda behind the scenes and not be responsible to the public to get the big world system complete. That's how it's really done. That's how it's done. You'll notice, too, that um, they're keeping politicians, top politicians, or the head ones, out of the news as much as they can now. This is also part of the new tech technique of weaning the public away from even trying to follow the nonsense we're given uh, and, and get them to accept uh, and lots of uh, there's a massive majority already accept not to participate in any way possible just let, leave it to the experts go and play and and that's happened uh, that really has happened they've done, they're constantly studying us uh, individually on en masse and that's pretty well been done that's why they, the, the, all their different statistics departments for governments are so vital to them to keep their tabs on how things are working, what needs tweaked, uh, what's gone overboard perhaps, and to tune back a little bit, things like that. That's how scientifically we run. And uh, it's good to see others too talking about the scientific dictatorship that I came out with a long time ago, uh, using Huxley's works again, uh, Aldous Huxley. So we're there, and Russell's as well. Si- Russell said, remember, that um, he was given the scenario as to bring in this new system, and he said... He said, um, if there is to be a dictatorship, then I, I hope it will be a scientific one. Scientifically run from birth to death, every individual, except those who are doing uh, the, the manipulation, pulling the strings. So, we live through uh, massive changes, pre-planned changes. That's why it's so darn boring. It really is boring. Reading the news is boring, because you know what to, what's coming next and next, and how they're going to, and you see how they're presented to the public uh, you know how things to come will be, will be presented to the public before they happen to, because these are standard techniques that they're using. Sad, isn't it? Therefore, you're left with what, you know? I always tell people, don't follow. If you're followed, you're going to be used. And because people say the right things along what's happening, I mean the right things, but in a panic mode, 
and big business don't fall for that either. Don't become neurotic, cave in, and, and want to go and bury your head in the sand. You know. See, the elite have already thought of that too, as, as they hammer you with the bad news and expectant catastrophes to come. And they give you massive fantasies. There's never been an entertainment system throwing out and dishing out so many fantasies for you to escape into an unreality as today. All well discussed long ago. Well discussed long, long ago. Control has to do ongoing studies on massive scales to maintain control. And do you think any dominant minority is going to hand it over one day? Because they got to change a heart or something? Once again, once again, power never gives itself up. Never gives itself up voluntarily. And if you want to overthrow them, which some folks do, the far left is still on the go, the really radical ones still haven't caught on down below. The guys who run them know, <laughs> but those who follow don't. You send up a different tyranny. Tyranny is tyranny, it doesn't matter what, what brand they give themselves. And because of all this rationalization and studying all of this kind of thing, the elite who use academia have academia telling the, the, the students this, that, that basically the, the problem is in with, within man. Therefore, man must be altered. Man must be altered. That's why they have these advocates appointed by government for every newborn child in, in countries like Scotland. That's the idea behind it. And here it is. Something they talked about a hundred years ago, and everybody says, no darn way, whatever happened. Here it is. It's done. Because the cultural values, the family values, everything that made a reality back then is all completely reversed now. That's how long it took to work on the public to get them to a stage where, oh, well, you know, so oh, well, <laughs> what can you do? I often think of the Rolling Stones song, uh, tribute, the one is Tribute to the Devil, I think it was, and the Time is on My Side as part of that. That was Satan, of course. And basically that's the technique, Fabian, you see, Fabian style, like the, like the other branch of the Rolling Street for International Affairs. They run the left wing through the Fabian Society after the general Fabian, as you know, uh, who uh, took long-term strategies to defeat an enemy, many different kinds, including undermining their confidence, uh, creating fear amongst them, and that way he often didn't even have to have a battle. They capitulate long before anything happened, using psychology. Others have gone too that belong to the big think tanks, talking about the reason for the think tanks. The think tanks are intergenerational. They recruit uh, the user employees, the employees retire, new ones come in, and therefore you can set the goals 100, 200 years in advance if you wish to. And those, con those foundations continue to move towards the, all their resolute goals, and they can accomplish them, regardless of the time factor. We think in a very short-term span for instant rewards, close rewards, etc. Women are better at long-term planning than men. But the men that came up with uh, long-term planning with, through foundations had the right idea. The workers for these big foundations are paid incredibly great salaries. And they know they'll never see the end 
up until about now, I'd say, uh, of a lot of the things they've worked towards. It's incremental, incrementalistic changes. Now, the elite academia, which pushes uh, group involvement and uses the groups, of course, trains them, gets them ready for groups, especially in the left wing, green parties, all the different groups that are put out there. Whatever, whatever you think you belong to mentally or socially, they've got a group ready made for you to join. And generally through, through whatever schools you go to, they'll direct you into that particular group. And that becomes your, your way of thinking for the rest of your life. If you're no threat at all, you're working towards a goal you don't even understand, you think you do. Uh, and you'll be lied to uh, copiously, but the fact is you're being used. The idea, too, is to stop you thinking as an individual. I know, especially in the left wing, and you get the same in the right wing with their particular spin on the agenda, the left wing, with their networking, brings in all disaffected fringe groups, people who can't fit in uh, because their, their lifestyles are so bizarre, or whatever, to the majority. They bring them all in, and when you join it, you must go along with all uh, these almost Stalinist type or uh, uh, quotes they'll give you to learn, these, these almost ritualistic formulas of what to say. You must be for each thing 100%, even, even if you don't participate in that, that thing those folk are into, whatever it happens to be. What kind of choice is that? How come you have to swallow all the poison pills? to get the good part of the benefit of that particular formula. How come? Why is that? Think about it. You see, the idea is to get you working collectively and to eradicate the individualistic quality that you have. You'll only grow through being an individual. You'll only get wise or some wisdom by being an individual and pondering everything for yourself, not by anybody else's. And you don't have to go into the philosophers that are quoted like gods. And that was the purpose of them. Especially the 1800s and so on. They were, they were all put out there and funded by special interest groups. Generally often just one at the time. To eradicate the old order of things where, where the old religions, as they call them, uh, had run the world for a long time, and to, to replace them with the scientific elite, you see. Those who are logical, uh, rational, uh, and all the rest of it, etc., etc. That's why we had the communist slaughter of about 80-odd million people, and uh, and even Trotsky boasted we've wiped out an entire class. It very proudly said that. And then, of course, we had the same thing in, in, in Germany, as they wrapped Darwinism together with the writings of Fichte and others uh, and, and Nietzsche, uh, etc., to bring in existentialism uh, and so on uh, for the super elite, that man could become superman, etc., through science. And, of course, eugenics is all part of it today, but it's alive and well, and it's never changed, you see. So large groups are always used for someone else's purpose uh, to the detriment of those who could possibly still come along and may not come along because of the damage done by these massive groups. So an individual uh, can think for himself. And if you worship philosophers, uh, and you worship them for what? For being an individual? Well, why don't you be one yourself? Without quoting them or following what they said, and go along with, with their form of existentialism, where you come to your own conclusions by your own observations and what's happening to you.
your own life experiences. Why don't you do that rather than have to quote them and quote them like they're some kind of gods? Because after all, life is about yourself, isn't it? And if you understand some of that, you're, you're, you'll be, you can cooperate better with other people around you. You can also shun those who are detrimental to you. Any other animal species would do the same for its own survival. But to swallow a whole bunch of stuff you might not want to, to, to actually, actually make, make you feel uncomfortable to get the, the one purpose. What crazy person are you? You've lost your, you've lost your brain. I always remember Lenin saying, we shall win by slogans. And slogans are also used in critical theory and so on in examination where, they, where you say something or you try to say something and they simply use one slogan to smear you in a category that have trained the public to hate, even though you don't belong to it. Everything is weaponized. Everything is weaponized. Everything. And everyone knows if you want to get on well in academia and get your little gold stars and your little scroll, you just repeat back to them what, they, what they've told you. And even the professors uh, will tell you eventually what to put down for your thesis. Uh, they'll guide you into it. That's where they'll go to see the professor. And he's telling you what's the okay thing to go along with. Guaranteeing you to get through. That's your quality approval stamp. You know, they've now dumbed you down enough to work for them in their system. You're no threat. And I've mentioned before, and again, other hosts now have picked it up and run with it. They never mentioned where they got it, mind you. But the fact is, uh, Charles Galton said the same thing. He said uh, that um, Sir Charles Galton Darwin, in the next million years, he said, we must remain the wild men at the top, who are not conditioned, who can think for themselves, who are taught to use their own thought processes to come to their own conclusions, because they'll be steering planet Earth. The rest of us, you see, will not. We'll be serving them. <laughs> For the greater good, you understand. Now, I also know all the academic arguments that they have to do with promoting collectivistic uh, action, uh, societies, etc., uh, opposed to, say, the individualistic approach. I know all of their arguments there, too. Uh, part of it, of course, is naturally valid. You can't throw out everything, and that's why it's hard for the average person to figure things out. It's hard for, uh, for the average person to see uh, that the people who they often worship are multimillionaires or even billionaires or very successful actors and actors. They didn't get there by being sweet and nice. It doesn't happen that way. Technically, many of them could be put into the category of the individual, which would destroy everything for their own existence and betterment. And that's one of the arguments they use in academia to promote collectivistic thought. For all of you, those at the top, can work in a form of individualistic fashion, but they also come from different societies, very old societies, some of them, that are collectivist in a sense uh, that they can work together as a people. That's the origins, you see. And they can work together very, very well collectively uh, to make sure they collectively survive, but they have a balance too of becoming extremely wealthy uh, through their associations, working together with their own kind of people. And they thrive that way too, uh, to the detriment sometimes of others. That history is full of, of this kind of thing going on. 
a lot of the aristocrats in, in Britain um, basically became aristocrats and nobility because when the Catholic Church was being destroyed from Henry VIII onwards and then back again Queen Elizabeth the first time, uh, the uh, thousands of Catholics lost their property and they were plundered uh, by these, these up-and-coming minor nobles or aristocrats who became awfully, awfully wealthy with massive estates from the churches and the church's lands that they were confiscating, you see. So collectively, different folks can work together for their own betterments to the detriment of others. Oh, and again, once they become into power, they give you a tradition. Uh, you always have founding mythologies, good, good Queen Bess and all the rest of it. And yet even the Stasi were taught uh, the history of spying during Queen Elizabeth I's reign. There was never such a spy network existed before. It was set up during her time uh, as, the, as Catholic institutions were vying to get back into Britain uh, etc., and across different parts of Europe. And uh, they set up the, the greatest spy agency that's never gone away. And Britain was used as an example as it trained these uh, people in power structures and how to manage nations, etc., and spy networks especially. It's quite amazing to see what goes on. Um, I think it was Sir William Cecil, I think, remember, often pronounced Cecil, but he he was a guy who was first given in charge of starting this whole spy network up. 30,000 Catholics were put in prison, a lot of them died. All quiet in the history books, the general books, but you could talk that in Oxford, etc. If you go into the, the, the older parts of libraries and so on. So nothing's really changed for dominant minorities who can work together collectively for their own dominance and preservation of their dominance. Now I've been scattered across the place. I didn't intend to do this tonight. Uh, I meant to come on and tell you what I've been doing. Uh, but there, you, there I go again, eh? So uh, I have to thank lots of people too that have been keeping in touch this past while. And even some of them even asked if I was dead. And I thought, well, I've always wanted to use that Mark Twain quote. The reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Mind you, it's, it's been close to it with all this shoveling. And sometimes you wondered if you'd ever get out at all when you open the back door and there's no sky, there's just a wall of snow there. That's how bad it's been. But I hope to come back and, and as I say, take a route where I can go into uh, information which will help. Uh, I find that most things that are out there don't help, they destroy. They destroy by creating anger, uh, animosity to other groups as well. And often it's done for self, uh, well, a tremendous profit for some, of course. Remember, too, that marketing looks at every field where there's a gap, but a big audience is, is waiting to be filled, to, to be buying things, and, and every technique is used, unfortunately. That's the economic system, and we're all trained into it because we're given no alternative, have we? we it's all money-based and fear-driven. If you don't have money, you, you, you die. Very simple. And it shouldn't be this way at all. No, no one will tackle that. The guys who run the system will never tackle that because they use this system to dominate all of you. You see? They have no problem uh, knowing and being taught in their higher courses. Uh, and I mean the higher courses that are outside universities. They, are, they do exist. Uh, that slavery is a normal feature, as Charles Galton Darwin said. There's always been slavery in one form or another, he said. 
And we're simply in the process of creating a new, more efficient form of slavery. It's a form of slavery that most folk demon know they are slaves. They're quite content. You can buy a lot of cheap junk that will keep you in la-la land forever, entertainment-wise, but, uh, but you're disabled then, you see. You're out of the picture. You have no problem to anybody. And uh, you'll never be a problem. And what you're getting downloaded with is weaponized to again bend your opinions to conform to those that your master wants you to have. And fear, 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 fear uh, uh, will collapse you. Collapse you. Uh, spies during the Cold War for MI6 and MI5 literally had departments. Uh, right up until the computer was, the, the laptop types were running, or the desktop, uh, they cut out newspaper articles from across the world, all the different papers, foreign papers, domestic, and they'd find patterns to find out who was doing what and so on and the reasons behind things. Uh, today, of course, it's all computerized. They have instant access to all your data, everyone's data, except, of course, the elites that are blocked from that. They have their own network, different. You've never even heard of it. And so everyone's studied minutely. We're all studied minutely, categorized. Um, people will say, why don't they kill you? Well, you're really a curiosity. To, they're not worried about you. It would take more than one person to say something. You see? They're curious as to why you ended up like that, that's all. They study you minute, more so, in fact, because you're a curiosity to them. That's all. That's all you are. So, it would be different, of course, if you were in one of their own divisions, as, the, as we found out from various whistleblowers that had untimely deaths in different countries during the Cold War up to the present. Because they have something from the establishment to show the public, you see. And that's rather taboo. The Soviets did disclose, and of course, don't forget the thing. You understand, if one side discloses how their technique was run, it means the other side was run on a duplicate fashion. Still is, actually. So the most studied people in the Cold War were those who worked for the governmental system. That's why George Orwell had that in his 1984. They weren't studying the, 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 the proletariat, the proles, as he called them. As I said throughout the book, they don't count. It doesn't matter because they're, they're dumb, stupid. They're kept happy and singing little songs turned out by the machine of the culture industry. That's where they'll stay. They believe what they're told. We're at war with whoever they're told they we're at war with. And they go along with it because why would the media want to lie to you? Why would your favorite newscaster, uh, who's almost fallen off his chair, he's so old, that's why they keep them there. You grow up with them like daddy or granddad. You trust them. Everything is psychology. That's why they keep them there. Why change a formula when it will always work? Because they understand human nature so well. We're formulistic types of societies and peoples. Anyway, this is just a little, a little uh, blurb to let you know that uh, I'm still kicking. I'm going to I've been wondering and pondering where to just do the full-time thing. I've got offers to do full-time radio. But I'll tell you that if you're doing it yourself, it'll destroy you. Try to keep up. As I say, with a, as a substitute for old cutting out of newspapers, now you're doing it all on the Internet, searching the world for stories to connect the things that are relevant and to show you that these things that seem dispersed over the world are all guided from a common source. Once you know that, why keep doing it? It's not going to change.
and to go into deeper things because people are being are collapsing with fear these days. And as I say, fear um, disables you. That's the purpose of creating fear. Fear is used as a strategy in psychological warfare. Overwhelm them with fear, t- uh, topics which they're completely um, helpless to, to stop. And, and that's that. They're, they're goners. You know. Very simple techniques. So think for yourself. Don't be terrified because it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> and whatever happens is planned will happen. Because these massive movements, as explained by professors uh, down through history, uh, cannot be stopped once they're put. There's all encompassing from, from a thousand or more sources, all working together, tandem. Every facet of society you could possibly imagine is under one control towards the common goal. And nothing could possibly change if you're the same coin of money going on anyway, backed by nothing, run by privateers and collectivist privateers at that, some of them working together across the planet. Um, how can you possibly have any kind of equality? Not this gay rights or whatever they give you. This is, these are all side emotive topics to, to, to get you off what's going to happen to everybody, including them, at the mercy of the elites to divert you from the integration of the planet under a government that none of the public are going to get to vote for or even vote in. That's more important, isn't it? And don't worry, once they advocate a, 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 a social worker for every child born in America, which will happen, it'll come. It's almost already there with a lot of single mums and so on. Where the children, and some people have written to me that the children that from the ex-dads or whatever, if they visit, their children are in first-name terms. with their, They call the social workers their best pals. It's already there, implemented in many ways. And their job will be to guide that child into the, the correct kind of citizen as they grow up. But not matter what their inclinations is, we are there. In the future, we'll all be one, uh, whoever they've decided for us all, that will be the way it will be. So don't get lost in emotive topics that are meant there to get you arguing and fighting and, and angry, you see. And even the churches are all compromised, unfortunately. Because that was at least one way out for some people in all times with the idea the world's always going to be pretty evil. And therefore look after the spiritual side of things. That's all you got left. And of course in some churches they say that's all there is anyway. Technically they're right. Because I think the only time people had freedom was probably in the Stone Age. You'd find a cave for yourself. There was no taxman to come in there and measure it. You had a big club there, and that was it, you know. Uh, you didn't know what language as such, so he, he couldn't talk you out of it and con you as to why you should, you should pay him money, you know. Once language came in, we languish in language. Our thought processes are conned so easily by... Chronology, the art of chronology. Anyway, this is to keep you up to date on on uh, the fact I'm still alive and kicking. And to say, full-time, I'm thinking about it, but I'd have to take staff on if that was the case, because it kills you. From 8 in the morning till 2 a.m. next morning, you're stuck at computer, and then you're running off to post offices or God knows what, or, or, or the mail, which is not next to the house, believe you me. You have to go travel two or three miles to get to it. Things like that, yeah, yeah. And, and you're eating like a crazy person, stuffing it down, and then 
back to work. I mean, there's, there's no there's no breaks in it at all. It's deadly, very deadly. So, um, and then you're then you're going by someone else's deadline all the time, not your own. So you either, you either have more staff or or else you you do it, and maybe in a more effective way by cutting through all, here's the updates on what's happening today. If you want the news for the day, you've got a billion sites to find it on, including all the mainstream, where most of it's culled from anyway. So, And then you, the different interested parties will give you their particular take or spin on it. Which only reinforces the fact that everything's rather overwhelming, isn't it? So understand the techniques, of course, that's used. And when you understand techniques, you're not fooled by them anymore. It also means you might be isolated from other people because they can't understand how you came to these conclusions, how you know this stuff. Because you're still so well-conditioned, it's called perfect conditioning, that the thought of, of being lied to by their favorite newscaster is absurd. It's like, it's like telling their daddy is a, an evil person. That's perfect conditioning. And most folk have had it. We've all gone through the same process. A few were unscathed by it. Very few. But yeah, you're you're isolated to an extent because most folk cannot communicate with you. And you can't get through to them either. So you learn to to play the game with them. And, and when they talk about whatever they're talking, you smile, go and quip a little word in here and there and they accept you. But as soon as you open your mouth about something else that matters, uh, the eyes glaze over. That's how the world is. Everyone's caught up in their little bubble, as they term it, at the top. They give you a bubble, and inside that bubble you have your circle of influence. That's who you know. This is what you do. He's who you communicate to. He's your friends. What do your friends and you do? And that's how you you value your life and, and the purpose of life And you value those around you in your little bubble You're running, you're scurrying To get through work you don't often hate As an employee Because there's no meaning to it Often shuffling papers around or whatever And then you, you get drunk or party and, Or get stoned, a lot of people get stoned They're pushing stoning too Because you're going into the Huxley phase now of Soma Where um, big farmers already got a lot of folk drugged and the rest comes as stress increases through legalizing various kind of drugs. Because they use both sides. I've always said to understand that the same people run the illegal and legal sides of everything. It's the end that matters, you see. So stay, stay tuned to uh, the website. I'll probably give a couple of talks at least this week, maybe more. And keep in touch and don't get down and depressed like crazy because... You have to live, you have to survive, you mustn't mentally collapse with everything, and and start thinking again for yourselves. Because there's a pleasure in understanding things. That's one thing you, you have. It's one thing you actually have. You can understand something for yourself. Don't just parrot someone else's stuff or, or get caught up in, in the tactic or whatever they're pushing. Um, think for yourself. Because there's a bit of a lie in the truth shall make you free. Uh, it can free your mind. It's, it's, a, it's a double story, actually. It's a, a double 
uh, it's got a truth and a lie involved there. It doesn't make you free from all this hell that we were pushed through at times and, and economic depressions and wars and all the rest of it that we have nothing to do with generally. But it does free up your mind to understand at all. It's the one thing you're left with. That's, that's the freedom that you have. That's what you're left with. So I hope you're all doing pretty well out there and surviving. We know there's tough times to come. That's how it is. And you have to find something worth living for, of course. That's very, very important. And don't devalue yourself as an individual, whatever you do. Because that's what we are. We're individuals. Um, we have certain things in common with each other, but we all have specific aspects to our personalities or our thought processes that are different from other people too. And you can't let them take that away from you and make us all conform into conformity. So, and by the way, Hamish is doing okay, the doggy. Uh, tough though, he hasn't had the same kind of walks with his deep, deep snow. But uh, who knows, it depends how the masters that be, they manipulate everything, including weather, of course, in this day and age with all the aerial chemical spraying that's going on. And um, and it's no it's no conspiracy theory that there's too many too much documentation now that's been declassified over the years up to the present time by the way on on this so that's another thing to always consider that nothing nothing just happens to deep by chance um, nothing would destroy the system or change it except something outside their control altogether that doesn't come from humanity. That's why they're always churning out these asteroid movies. Mind you, FEMA always comes in and saves the world, and or they send Bruce Willis off to space to destroy it. That this is the this is the nonsense we're fed, of course, because elite actually worry about these things because they're control freaks. Things that they couldn't control terrify them. So, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, where it's still awfully cold and snowy, as good night, and may your God. Or your gods go with you.